The footy. Liam Ryan saying, kick it my way. I want to jump over the pack, and here he comes. Oh, plays on and misses. Libba, 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 Libba. Oh, who else? McDonald, From inside the center square, boys kick the goal. episode of Americans Watching the Footy. I am Ethan Castle, sitting alongside me is my cat, Ryan, and joining me via Anchor is my co-host, Benjamin. Benjamin, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Ethan's brother, Benjamin, joining from Berkeley, where I'm in school. You may know me if you're on r slash AFL as Sturdy Gilded Bear, the guy that has made the cool trombone sextetted octet covers of AFL songs. And I am in South San Francisco, California, which, yes, is south of San Francisco. But it's I'm not the directly older south of San Francisco. No, but it's to the south. I'm four years older almost, almost four full years. And I just wanted to try to give you guys a sense of differentiating our voices, because I know sometimes when listening to a podcast, it can be a little hard to identify which voice goes with which person and in turn which opinions they have and things like that. So I just wanted to try to make that clear i know it's difficult unless you're paying super close attention but i'm sure we'll have a rabbit enough following that people will not only recognize our voices we'll be recognized on site signing autographs my voice tends to be higher so that's probably something to look for although when i'm tired it can get exceedingly low so anyway with this first episode of americans watching the footy we wanted to come up with something good for a pilot episode and with the season about two and a half weeks away. We don't have to quite jump into a preview yet. We'll do that in the coming week. But for now, wanted to talk about really what got us here, what got us into footy in the first place, as well as what we consider to be the best parts of the sport, what we consider, to borrow the term from the ads that you see all over, good for footy. So I wanted to start off with just describing our footy origin story. So follow along if you can. Benjamin, you can help fill in on some of the details. We take you back nearly two full years to March of 2020. It's the first week of really COVID shutdowns. There's really nothing going on. At least there are still some fresh episodes of Jeopardy. People are just starting to discover Tiger King. And on, I believe it's Friday night, March 20th, so Saturday, March 21st in Australia. We're looking for live sports and really struggling to find much. You know, the week before we had Mexican soccer in empty stadiums, then that league shut down. But I believe it was FS1 was showing Australian football, which I had really never seen before. I didn't have much exposure to it. I just knew basically there are no pads. And the ball is similar to an American football, and there are some elements of the game in common with rugby. Benjamin, did you have any prior exposure to Australian rules football whatsoever 
before March of 2020. I mean, I had heard of it. Maybe I had seen a random highlight or two as I as I was perusing Twitter, uh, having followed some Australian athletes and other sports on there. The other important thing to note is us being in the Pacific time zone that it was also pretty late at, at night at that point. It, it was wasn't probably, that late looking uh, at looking at this. If it was a 210 local time match, so 2 p.m., would have been something in the vicinity of 8 p.m. It would have been a late but not unreasonably late dinner. And we put on this game. It's the only live sport either of us can find. There are two teams from places I've never heard of, Essendon and Fremantle. You know, I'm aware of the major cities in Australia at this point. Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, and that's about it. We didn't know what was going on. These guys chasing around a ball in an empty stadium and kicking it and punching it to each other. And then we figured out pretty quickly that obviously the objective was to get the ball through the posts. And then if you got it through the middle two posts, it was six points. And the referee or umpire standing right under the goal would make a funny gesture every time it went through the middle ones. We thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, that was really one of the first things that kind of caught our attention. Honestly, probably before just the physical contact evolved. We just thought that the goal signal seemed so funny to us compared to some of the more full body gestures that we're used to with refereeing and umpiring other sports. I forget if, if I watched part of that game, but I definitely watched when North Melbourne and St. Kilda were playing the day after. And that was actually they were both within a goal, those first games. And that probably helped draw us in, too. I think we were so starved for sports at that point that we would have taken anything. But we started to figure out a few very simple basics. For example, you couldn't push a guy in the back because they would blow the whistle and you'd hear the ref very audibly might say, push in the back. We figured out how scoring worked generally. And we noticed other than that, let's see, they blew the whistle a lot. It was kind of a funny sounding whistle. And... We noticed that every time they restarted play after a goal, instead of you know having a tip-off or something like you would have in a basketball game, they just slammed the ball down on the ground as hard as they could. And we thought that was really funny, and we also thought it was fun when the ball went out of bounds, and sometimes the umpire would just pick it up and fling it over his head and let the players go after it. There wasn't really much else that stood out. Oh, well, one guy stood out to us. Um, not sure if he scored, but he was very involved. Yeah guy with an indigenous background who turned out to be Anthony McDonald Tipping Woody. So he was the first player either of us really recognized. And our dad as well. And I'd say over the course of the year, as we started to watch more, you know, there were a few players who stood out either because of their names or their appearances, whether that be hairstyle, height, whatever, such as the next night when we're watching North Melbourne versus St. Kilda. And we're starting to understand little bits and pieces of the sport. Still a very rudimentary understanding. But we figured out that Ben Brown was kicking a lot, and he stood out because of his hair. And also his ridiculously long run-up to goal on set shots. Yes, but we didn't have anything to compare it to at that time, so we wouldn't really have noticed that, I think. I think it was something I noticed pretty quickly. I don't know. I definitely didn't notice it back in March, but you know, the sport went away for a few months, came back, and I'd say I probably started getting into it again in what late June. You know, it resumed in mid-June. I'd say within the first couple rounds of it returning, started to watch again. Then I went out of town for a bit in July, did a trip to Grand Tetons and Yellowstone. 
as an aside, for those of you that have never been to either of those great spots, that's kind of major bucket list item. But we started to pick up on a few more details, started to get a sense of which teams were good. Port Adelaide was running the table. We knew pretty quickly they were pretty good. Um, we knew pretty quickly that Adelaide was bad. And we just started to pick up more on you know specific players, although it was still tough because we'd only seen teams a couple of times. The things we did pick up on pretty quickly was there were a lot of games played at the GABA, which we learned was in Brisbane. There were a lot of games at Metricon Stadium, which is in Gold Coast. And almost all of them had the same, not sideline reporter, as we would call it, but boundary commentator. And that was, of course... Three-time premiership player with the Brisbane Lions, Mr. Alistair Lynch. And he just became, like, a fixture on TV every night. It's like, there were a lot of people at the time, you know, they were getting, like... Andrew Cuomo's daily briefings, and obviously look how that turned out between his COVID-related conduct and his other conduct. So that was kind of tarnished for a lot of people, but I don't think anything could tarnish a three-time premiership player like Lynchy. He became basically the light of my life. I was <laughs> and so honestly, excited to see him on TV. Yeah. There was a live sporting event to watch, and a few of them even had limited attendance, and it was just fun to hear crowds cheering. I mean, at this point, we still hadn't had anything really started up in America. I mean, there were plans, and we ended up getting going with baseball and the NBA and NHL bubbles a couple weeks later. But these were live sporting events, sometimes with a few people in attendance. And over the course of the season, I'd say we just started to get more and more hooked. And it was honestly the perfect storm for getting into the sport, I would say, because there was usually a game on every night as they had all these midweek matches to kind of make up for lost time. So there was a lot of Monday footy, Tuesday and Wednesday footy. Whereas now, you know, it's more, we're on a more conventional schedule and you'll see games usually Thursday through Sunday with a very occasional special holiday Monday. But or a Wednesday, it was something like the that was, opener for this coming year. Yeah, but it was something that was on reliably pretty much every night. It was live. You didn't know what was going to happen, and you were learning something new. What else did we kind of pick up on? What sort of stuck out to you early on? I think the team songs after wins, I think those definitely caught both our attention fast, you being the much more musically knowledgeable, and me just thinking how goofy some of the songs were. I think we both caught on to that pretty fast. I think we were both able to pick up on the origins of some of the songs. And that, it struck me at least as being funny because you wouldn't expect these Australian teams to have songs based off things like La Marseillaise or the United States Marines hymn or your grand old flag in the case of the Lions, Crows, and Demons, respectively. Yeah, it's like you know, we're watching this game and we think it's so funny. First off, that the ref is spiking the ball or throwing it over his head. And then when a team wins, they start singing the French national anthem, except with different words. Like, we thought it was hysterical. I think but, the one that probably got me the most when I first heard it was the Sydney Swans. Because of all the things that you might expect, for them to be using an actual American University's fight song, specifically the University of Notre Dame, just seemed so strange. I think Grand Old Flag was probably the one that got me the most because they basically changed two words. Um, and also just keep your eye on the red and the blue. Yeah, I mean, it was like they really just took the song and changed two words. Whereas some of them, it was just they took the two. No, this was basically the exact same song, which made it more fun. So the whole thing was just 
at a time when it was hard to get excited about much, it was something to be excited about regularly. And it was learning something new when you've exhausted, you know, every suggested video on YouTube and every episode of every TV show. You know, I binge watched The League in the first few months of COVID shutdowns, which was a great decision. Um, as for as for me, when COVID started, at least Survivor Winners at War was still airing. And then after that, I went back and watched the very first season with my parents, which was a trip. And then I started watching other seasons but even that got tired after a bit. So yeah, really starting to to learn about AFL, even as remote school started up for me, my entire junior year of college was remote. And so I stayed home for that rather than just going across the bay. Looking at my Twitter timeline, it looks like the first time that I really started tweeting about a game was here the night of August 8th, 2020, which would have been the night of no, early morning, August 8th, so August 8th afternoon. That was the round 11 opener between Port and Richmond. And I think that match got me in particular just because of just the enthusiasm of the Adelaide Oval crowd, along with the back and forth plan. That was a physical game, too. I remember there was a free 100-meter penalty <laughs> that Dusty gave up to Tom Rockliffe. I don't remember much about the specific game, but I do remember there was a couple of good twists and turns in it. And it was just exciting to have, you know, a game to look forward to as, you know, defending champions against first place. And there was just, I was very excited for it and it ended up being a good watch around that time was when starting to definitely become more knowledgeable about the game, start to figure out, you know, some of the different strategies, figure out some of the coaching tactics, things like what a banana kick is, what a snap is, some of the various terms, you know, learning like what a kick going across the face meant. I know that was actually a name you were thinking of using for a footy podcast at one point. Yeah, it was before you came up with this one, just because you could shorten it to Americans WTF, which kind of explains our initial reaction. One side note about just Another thing that drove us to the footy, it's not just that there were no crowds for the American sports. Most of these matches were also airing at a time where it would have otherwise been dead sports air. I mentioned earlier that, that we're in the yeah, I mentioned earlier that we're in the West. So even when games end at 10, 10 30 p.m. for like basketball and hockey games that run long, you still had this to look forward to afterwards. And sometimes I was more motivated to I was often more motivated to watch these matches when we knew that they were on than the American sports. Oh, certainly. You know, baseball in empty stadiums got old fast, especially with some of the rules and stuff that MLB had put in place. So that's another discussion entirely. I loved the times of night it was on. It was super compelling to watch and just see the game evolve and start to understand different elements of it. And I'd say it was also around that time that I started to kind of take a bit of an interest in certain teams and players. You know, it wasn't like I had a very deep vested rooting interest at this point that really didn't develop until the next year. Spoiler alert. But I'd say around then started to, at least, you know, there were a few players that became pretty recognizable. Like, for example, Liam Ryan, Nick Natanui. Um, I think of a few others. Charlie Dixon, I'd say. Usually it was yeah, the Charlie, Charlie Cameron. Yes, Charlie Cameron. 
just looking at Abraham just looking Wood. through our old tweets. Uh, yeah. I mean, we already met. We already mentioned insert the Picket Palace clip here. Uh, let's see. Dusty was a very early one that we both noticed. Eddie Betts. And then it was around that time, around August, that I discovered Brian Myers, who almost immediately became my favorite player because I've never heard of anyone named Brian. You never see a white guy with dreads. And he's playing this sport that I didn't know about until a few months ago. And it's just like perfect representation of footy to me. And so he became my guy and I got really excited every time he was on and started watching Geelong more closely than other teams. Though I wouldn't say I really officially chose him as my team until sometime during the off season, but definitely over the course of the final couple months of the season and into the finals run started to get more and more invested. And then watching the finals play, I was a lot of fun as was watching some of those matches over the last few rounds that were effectively play in rounds, you know, to see the the race for the final eight shape up for the first time. And it was kind of a crash course, you know, with it being a, you know, 18 round season instead of 23 and not just that, but being condensed like it was to the point where a lot of times, I mean, they were basically playing two rounds a week. Yeah. Looking at the schedule, I mean, you had the first round, you know, as was scheduled, uh, third weekend of March. And then rounds two through 18 were played in like three three months. months in a week. Yeah. So it was a little bit faster and more than anything looking at it, it wasn't so much that they were playing games more rapidly. It was more that they had to spread them out over days because it was hard to fit more than one game in a day at a stadium unless, you know, it was a very early kickoff in the afternoon and then a very late kickoff in the evening because with the hub system they had employed, there were a lot of games at just a couple of spots, which is, again, how we got so familiar with Metricon, the Gabba, and in turn, Lynchy, because he's just kind of the Queensland boundary commentator. But it was just a really cool first exposure to the sport. And unlike a lot of people's obsessions that they came up with during that stretch, we actually decided to stick with this. We found it entertaining enough that just because American sports were returning in more full capacity, we didn't want to let this go. You know, the moment MLB came back, people whisked the KBO aside. Nobody paid attention to the KBO after that. But this was compelling enough and fun enough that I'm really glad that I had gotten the exposure to it, even though the circumstances behind it sucked. It's funny because in September of 2019, I actually went into a bar after reporting, covering a high school football game. And I was expecting San Francisco. Yes. Yes. So I was expecting to find the end of a baseball game with playoff implications and a college football game on TV, a game I was at. Yes, and instead I walk in and the bar is full of Australians eating meat pies, watching Australian football, and under normal circumstances, I would have you know been fascinated and taken it all in, but it was, you know, I wanted to see the A's clinch, I wanted to see the end of this football game between Cal and ASU or Arizona State, to be unfamiliar, so it was like, I'm going to go find another bar that's actually got the games I'm looking for, but if those things weren't conflicting... And I didn't have other priorities. It would have maybe I would have learned at that point or gotten a little bit of exposure to it. You know, I would have been like, what's going on here? Teach me your ways. This looks great. And I believe that was um yeah, that was the that was the grand final that that just absolute 89 point, I believe it was, beatdown 
Um, I remember being in there when GWS scored their first goal. I was in there for just a couple of minutes looking around. And then after figuring out that it was, you know, that I wasn't going to find the baseball game in there, I ended up kind of rerouting. But again, had I not had other priorities, I probably would have gotten at least some exposure then. But it really kind of took the perfect storm for us to to really get hooked, I would say. But And compare that to the grand final next year when we're so collectively hooked on it by then that you went out and got meat pies at Foster's. We made like grand final squares, like Super Bowl squares. We have like a, like a grand final bingo sheet that I made of just like common occurrences and broadcasting phrases. Yeah, no, we, was, we went full send. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, unfortunately, you know, I'd love to play into the sponsors of the league and find like Carlton Drott and Victoria Bitter instead of just Foster's, but unfortunately never found those here. And from what I've heard, Foster's is better than both of those anyway, but it still would be cool just just from a branding perspective to really be all in. Speaking of branding, once we got the Watch AFL subscription for the 2021 season, even with all the other things still going on with American sports, I think the obsession kind of deepened. Now, at first we got the subscription because at the time there was no deal in place to show any games on American TV. At this point, you know, we had watched everything through Fox Sports, and then they would show... Occasionally the ESPN. Oh, yeah, ESPN even showed a couple in 2020. Yeah, and ESPN had rights to games on 7, and they pretty much had, like, nearly every game, or or when it was in a very rare case that there were two at the same time, they had, they had one of them. I remember a couple times they actually had games on Fox 1 and Fox 2, but, yeah, start of 2021, I was looking on, like, the AFANA website, just like seeing, you know, where are we going to be able to see this games and nothing. And then Ethan found Watch AFL and holy cow, is that worth it? I mean, what is it? Considering we're splitting the plans, it's what? Is it like uh, like 40 cents per game for each of us? Something like that. Either way, it's a very reasonably priced package. The streaming quality was never an issue all season had every game both live and on demand. So if for some reason I couldn't see one live, whether it was because I was at a baseball or football game or I fell asleep too early or something, I was able to go back and enjoy it in full. I didn't even realize it would also come with Fox footy. It basically had everything you could want except the front bar because that's on seven and we don't get seven through this package. But it really allowed both of us to kind of deepen the obsession more and in a second year of watching, really start to appreciate the game and understand further details, I would say. Starting to understand some of the coaching strategies, being able to complain about lineup decisions. You know, personally, I would beg every week for Chris Scott to put in Quentin Narkle, for example. And just developing more and more of a vested interest, even when the world was starting to return around us. That was around the time that you you really got into into Geelong and how have you not mentioned Brian Myers unique kicking style yet as part of you know the reason why you're so fascinated with him yeah so there's a thing across a lot of sports you know there's that one guy where the broadcaster has to say the same thing about him every time such as in baseball it was mentioning Nate Fryman being six foot eight in hockey mentioning Matt Nieto's from Long Beach and the footy one is mentioning either Brian Myers unique kicking style or that Mark Blitzovs did steeplechase or occasionally Mason Cox being American yeah, I'd say that. I wonder if I wonder if 
I wonder if having an American player may have compelled us to watch his games a little bit too, even though, I mean, just like everybody now, we kind of can't stand Collingwood. Uh, I don't think it honestly had that much of an impact for me. Maybe it had a little more for you, but I just, I mean, I did think it was cool. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like a main reason to watch. It was a main reason to watch for a specific player, but it yeah. didn't really affect my overall enjoyment of the sport. Anyway, looking back on looking back on my tweets, then um, just like looking at the games that I was watching, I hadn't really decided on a team by then. I remember really starting to to enjoy watching uh, certain players, though. Charlie Dixon, I compared him to um, a great American football wide receiver, Calvin Johnson. I don't know. I just think just like with his size and what he's able to do just in terms of his marking skills that that caught my attention. Kazi Pickett was one who I really gravitated toward, but I hadn't really had a team yet. What was it for you that you really kind of set yourself toward being a Geelong Barracker? Um, I'd say a little bit after the grand final, honestly. Even though they lost it, you know, I was casually pulling for them to win, but was just hoping to see a good match, and we got one. Was it also because Gaz? Eh, not really. It was mostly just Brian Myers, and then end up adopting a cat a couple months later, and I had wanted a G name because prior cat was named Gromit. And After Wallace, Wallace and Gromit, of course. Come up with a symbolic name that, like, you know, represents one of the only good things about a crappy year, and one of those only good things was footy. So it made too much sense to name him Grian, and he is sitting right next to me, sleeping right now. To differentiate him from Grian Myers, refer to him by his full name, Grian Harambe, you know, like Harry Potter, I named him after the uh, the two bravest people I know. I, by that logic, I also could have named him Squidward Channing Tatum. <laughs> but anyway, over the course of that offseason, and, you know, I downloaded AFL Evolution 2 and played it a bunch, definitely gravitated more and more towards the Cats as my club specifically. And yeah, as the 2021 season commenced and went on, definitely felt more and more confident in that decision, even with frustrations like an opening round loss to Adelaide, the late season struggles, um, that loss to Sydney that I still really want revenge for in round two this year. It was payback for Brisbane. Brisbane got what they wanted, though. They got the after the siren went over Collingwood the next week. Who was it who kicked that? Uh, Zach Bailey? Yes, I knew I knew he had a Bailey in his name, but it wasn't his first name. Thank you. Yeah, it's Zach Bailey as opposed to another player that caught our attention quite quickly, Basilenka. Yeah. The dogs. So, anyway, we became more and more in tune with the sport throughout 2021 and have definitely made it a priority not only to start this show, but to hopefully at some point visit and see some games, just a matter of when. We'll see what happens with the current MLB situation. If there's no baseball season right now, which is starting to look more and more Regardless, likely. You also that, don't know, this you know year what the been, status is going to be in, ter- in terms of you know us being able to get to Australia. And Mark McGowan. Uh, Andrews has been more lenient, although I definitely do want to visit Perth for multiple reasons, which I'll get into in a little bit. Back to you, yeah. Ethan. That's a bit of a separate discussion. The fact is, got more and more into the actual sport, you know, making sure to schedule anything I could so that it didn't conflict with games, making sure that I had various work done with before games started, even w- making sure 
when I was on a couple of baseball-related vacations during the summer of 2021, so winter in Australia, that I would be able to watch, whether that be with watching off my laptop through Watch AFL, or if my TV in the hotel had FS1 or FS2, whichever happened to be showing the match. Um, Another thing that helped was that at some point I decided to you know, start making a, making like a spreadsheet for us to show like all the start times for the games and what network they were going to be on. I, I know that some websites do that, but I just decided to do it just so we always had it for our time zone and just having it color-coded, et cetera. I, I already have it set up for the whole 2022 season, actually. I just call it when footy's on because one of the first, uh, like the way that we alerted each other that there was that there was AFL on is that we just start texting each other just footies on no punctuation afterward and then it became a tradition for us to uh send it to each other right after or like right on the opening bounce of games that were actually shown on American TV yeah it's a, a little like you know John boys saying welcome to college football Saturday things like that you know sort of deadpan so a little bit John boys like I think that's a pretty good comparison I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more into it. It seems like it would be right up his alley. Anyway, that's basically, you know, the sort of two-year journey to where we are now, getting ready to watch a third season, second in full, getting to really understand the game, have rooting interests, you know, players oh, yeah, we consider heroes mine. and villains. Yes, go on. You know, as I explained, obviously, I'm a Cats supporter at this point. Yeah, I wasn't so definite about which team I want to support. Um, for a while, I thought I was really going to end up pulling for one of the Victorian teams just with all of their history. But just based on when the games were, the action that I liked, I tended to gravitate toward the Eagles and as well a bit of Port just with their characters and, and their fan base and also their history. I really wasn't sure between those two for a while, although Liam Ryan probably helped eventually sway me in a particular direction, but what really did it is one of my mom's dearest friends from college. She decided to send me West Coast Eagles hats. And I think that small gesture from my mom's friend, Charlotte in Perth, I think that probably did it more than anything. And at that point, I decided, all right, it's set. I'm an Eagles fan now. I've been indoctrinated. And sometimes before or after games, I've talked with her. She's uh, she and her husband are members at Optus Stadium. And so she sometimes, you know, sent me photos from, from the Oval. And that was what really got me. So the end of the home and away campaign for me was a lot more frustrating. I think I knew the Eagles number was up by the time Caleb Sarong had his goal of the year in the Western Derby. And this is going to be, you know, my first full season as an Eagles supporter and there are definitely some concerns with the the players who are down right now and just some of the aging core members not to mention one of them probably being absent as a whole um in fact there's something in common with the teams that we support just that the core is getting older and I don't know I I really feel like you know we'll talk about this in more detail next week but i have a feeling that we're really looking at maybe the cat's last hurrah this next one or two seasons yeah i don't think it's all doom and gloom yet but the clock is oh, not completely yeah i actually a lot of the drama in round 22 and 23 i actually didn't get to really experience live because i was 
on the East Coast at the time, which meant, you know, games that normally started at 1 a.m. on the West Coast started at 4 a.m. on the East Coast. So I missed a lot of things live, for better or for worse. So it was, I did see the Geelong win over St. Kilda live in round 22, but fortunately I did not experience a lot of the round 23 stuff, including that fourth quarter against Melbourne, which is probably for the best. Oh, God, I cannot imagine that Brian the Cat would have had a fun go with things. Yeah, whereas Rowan after the siren to beat Western Bulldogs, I celebrated by running around the room singing the fight song to him. So that <laughs> I was more just confused than anything. But in case you're wondering, he is still right next to me. He's just sleeping, minding his own business. So with that, originally our thought was to kind of do a two-in-one for our first episode, talk about not just what got us into footy, but things that we consider to be good for footy. But considering how long this took, it's in our best interest to probably set that aside for episode two. So it's still almost be a two-part pilot as we're doing it all in one recording session. But for the convenience of our listeners and because it'll probably help tends to be you know, shorter episodes do better, it makes a lot more sense to separate this into two so with that i think that just about kind of covers our footy journey yeah, we'll touch on this more and circle back a bit when we talk about things that are good for footy and i'm sure we'll also you know we already touched on a few things that are good for footy in this episode but you'll get more of that next time around and then after that you know season's fast approaching we'll segue from there into our season preview and then get ready to go with the 2022 home and away season hard to believe it's coming up so fast you know helps that unlike between the 2020 and 21 seasons, we actually had things to do to keep us busy. Yeah, life may have gotten busier again, you know, with the world starting to approach something like normalcy, but it in no way hurt our love for footy. And I think that showed with this first episode and it will continue to show with the second of this kind of two-part pilot, as Ethan said, and throughout our time here on this platform. And to follow us, uh, get our updates, you can subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform we have. It it helps us know that we're getting engagement and from whom we're getting engagement. You can also follow our Twitter at Americans Footy. Again, at Americans Footy. And personally, I'm at BenjaminHK01 on Twitter. Ethan? I am available at Castle, K-A-S-S-E-L, Media, M-E-D-I-A. Don't forget that's with a K, not a C. Not going to give you links to our OnlyFans yet. That comes later. You know, you got to be a real dedicated listener to get into the OnlyFans. That'll be, you know, first comes Patreon, then comes OnlyFans. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. But I think that's going to be all she wrote for this first episode of America's Washington Footing. You know where to find us again, and... We look forward to coming to you through your headphones or your computer, through your phone, however you may listen to us very soon.